A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer and try Peloton risk free with Peloton Rentals at onepeloton.com slash bike slash rentals. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I want to be out on the, you know, solving crimes. I want to be out on the streets and walking around and like having the crowd go by and blah, blah, blah. Right. And then I would, I would get an opportunity like that and they'd put me in like the drive through in the middle of the night in drizzle. And, <laughs> and you're in like, you know, summer clothes, but it's November in oh. Canada. And you're like, this isn't one at all. I totally get what they were saying. Now back to the cozy bar, please. Yeah. My name is Anna Silk. For six seasons, I played Bo on the hit TV series, Lost Girl. I am so happy you are here for the Lost Girl Rewatch podcast to take a trip down memory lane with me, the amazing cast, and some very special guests. I'm so glad to finally be able to say the family is back together again. everybody. Welcome back to the Lost Girl Rewatch podcast. Rachel and I are so thrilled with the response so far. Thank you so much. Um, Without further ado, let's jump right into today's episode. I'm going to introduce my very special co-host today. Being the character tasked with delivering a lot of Fey World logistics is no easy feat. Unless, of course, you cast the man who brought Trick to life. This actor did this and so much more. With a perfect mix of lightness and gravitas and a difficult balance of strength and vulnerability, my co-host today brought all of that to the screen and so much more. Please welcome the man that I still like to call grandpa, Rick Howland. Hey, hello. Hey, Rick. Hi. (laughs) Hi. Hi. It's so good to see you. Yeah, you too. (laughs) It's so good to see you. (laughs) How are you doing? Uh, That was good. That, 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 uh, That introduction touched my heart. 
Oh, good. Say, I'm glad. Almost, almost made me teary. Oh, <laughs> well, you you touched my heart many years ago and and still do every time I see you. Mm, I love it. So thank you for doing this. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about season one, episode two, um, which was where there's a will, there's a, wait, a way or was it there a fae? It was a a fae. Where there's a will, there's a fae. Yeah. That makes more sense. It's got to have a play on the fae term. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, It was written by Peter Mohan and directed mm -hmm. by Rob Lieberman, which I think was Rob's first one he did with us. Oh, I would think so. There was only one before that. I think was he, there? But, he but remember, I, we it, shot out of order. Everything was yeah, out of order in season one. I was going to ask you about that. It was like, because, I, I mean, 12 years ago. I know. I can't even remember yesterday some days. <laughs> but I mean, um, yeah, no, I, I think he did like three episodes that year. But he did a yes. bunch. Like, I mean, he did. He did a bunch. I don't know. He did a bunch because, yeah. Yeah, it was interesting yeah. too. It was, it was interesting. And, you know, I remember actually being at the read through for this episode, um, which we know we do right before we film an episode, we sit around a table as a cast and director and writer and producers. And we, um, read through the episode to kind of feel it out and feel what works and what might not work. And I love those. I love doing the I know. I know. Um, I actually love so fun. read. I actually really use read through time. I really do. Totally. Um, it's not just to kind of like be there. I really use it as my prep because, you know, when you're shooting, it's so quick. There's no like, I'll figure that out later. There is no later. You got to yeah. do it right then. So I really valued that time. Yeah, you get moments. There's moments where yeah. you get to discover things, and mm-hmm. and you hear other scenes that might relate to your character or to the situation that. You've read, but then when you hear them played out between two actors reading it, it it triggers something deeper. And so then you get to actually, you know, you can bring that into the performance when it's your turn on the day to, totally. to like inform that moment, you know? Um, yeah. No, and also, also it's the chance to kind of, I mean, we didn't have a lot of times, I mean, a lot of, I think the, the stars, the guest stars that we had on, the the people coming in were busy uh, and they, they weren't always available for the read throughs, but it was always cool when they were, because you'd get a yes. chance. Like, I mean, I didn't get to, when there was a guest star on that had a trick, the trick rubbed against their storyline, then there was definitely, you know, obviously I was, I would see them on set, but there were times yes. like you guys would be, you, you, you and Ken, uh, Ksenia would say, it was so cold yesterday. Cause we were, and I'm standing in my lone in my cozy little bar in the studio. And it's like, Oh, was it cold outside? And I'm kind of like, you know, I constantly went through back and forth the entire show of like, I want to be out on the, you know, solving crimes. I want to be out on the streets and walking around and like having the crowd go by and blah, blah, blah. And then I would, I would get an opportunity like that. And they'd put me in like the drive through in the middle of the night in drizzle. And (laughs) and you're in like, you know, summer clothes, but it's November in Canada. And you're like, this isn't one at all. I totally get what they were saying. Now back to the cozy bar, please. Yeah, back. Yeah, that's that. You only need to learn that lesson once, I think, yeah. in Canada yeah. shooting. Because we started filming in January or something ridiculous. Like we we started yeah. our season. Like the, the the pilot was filmed in that in was January. Cold. That yeah. was cold because um, it was my birthday during the pilot, and this is how I remember that. But nah. um, so and then. 
it was like a year later, we went to camera and we started in the winter. And I remember us thinking like, why are we starting in the winter in Canada? But you know, it gave the show a certain look. And that's one of the things I was going to say about this episode. Um, the look of it, I mean, the, I mean, David Green, obviously our DP and everyone involved in the look of that show, but the forest scene in the beginning just looked so rich. The, the um, trailer park, it just yeah. looked so cool. The colors and the coldness of it. And we were actually cold. It was a cold time of year, but there was a cool tone to it that I just think looked so good, even though we were miserable sometimes, you know, yeah. but no, absolutely. Uh, yeah. It's that time of year too, where it's kind of cloudy and that's like the best light for DPs too, right? Cause it's it not is. high contrast, bright sun at noon. And then you've got to match yeah. noon with six o'clock at night because you went, you know, four hours shooting a scene or something. So exactly. it's like, you know, you've got to, it's, it, it, it's like its own little kind of diffusion scrim over totally. the sun. So you get this lovely. Yeah, it does a lot of the work, gray, you know, for you. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. So my first question for you, Mr. Howland, mm-hmm. how did you feel watching this episode and what were your first impressions watching it? And I'll answer this question too. I, I was actually surprised how I reacted to it. I was really happy. I, I really enjoyed watching it. I, I, I got a little excited about it. Um, mm-hmm. I know there'll be some episodes if, if we end up watching some episodes and reviewing some episodes that, uh, or rewatching, sorry, uh, some of the episodes where (laughs) there were like times when I had a lot of fey dialogue and it just (laughs) would not come out of my mouth. And I mean, Uh, there was, there was one episode that actually Rob Lieberman directed. And I mean, he was like, he's like, I'll, I'll, I'll do whatever I can to save you in the editing room, but (laughs) you've got to get this junk out. And I'm like, I, I, it was awful. Like I, it was awful when you, it just wouldn't. Yeah. It, it wouldn't go from here to here or it wasn't, no, I, know. I don't know what was wrong, but it was like terrifying. And, um, you know, I think that's the worst thing for any actor is, is if any anxiety starts to creep into you while you're shooting, then it starts to like just eat you alive. And then you're, you're, it you're, eats you alive. Totally, I know you're totally bleeding. I, I, I and, mean, uh, you, you really were tasked with a huge thing of, of, of explaining this world, you know, cause one of the things I was going to say about second episodes in general of shows, they're often like they're very challenging. They're known to be very challenging episodes for writers, yeah. for actors, for everybody, because you've come in with this big number one episode, which is usually your pilot. It wasn't in our case, as no. we've talked about at cons and stuff. Pe- most people know that episode eight was actually our pilot, but you know, um, you know, our first episode, which aired as episode one was kind of a big episode as well. And then you come into this episode two where you have to go, okay, we need to explain things to people. So how yeah. are we going to do that? And that's such an interesting balance. And so enter Trick, um, who is just this, you know, wealth of knowledge and obviously a very important player in the Fae world, but we don't know that yet. Um, Mm. And you have so much to to explain and you did it in such a beautiful way um, that felt organic and real and not like, I'm going to say a bunch of face stuff and then we'll do something else. You know, it's tricky. Yeah, no. And I think it was interesting. I love the way that actually they, the writers actually dealt with that episode in terms of trick with, with that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Like the information kind of gets dropped in 
throughout the episode by Dyson and 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 myself a little bit, but well, mostly Dyson actually, I think. Um, but like you know, you've got a lot to learn. You've still got lots to learn, Bo. I oh, I um, do. Oh, so much to learn. You had so much to learn still. But I mean, I I thought it. Yeah, I thought I thought they did a really good job of of it not being too too much exposition right off the bat to trick going, okay, now let me get the chalkboard and this is how Faye work and light yeah. Faye over here and dark Faye over here. You know, it didn't have, it didn't have that. Um, so yeah, it was, it, it, I, I was really excited. I, I really excited and I really enjoyed watching this episode. Actually, it was long yeah, enough away. Me too. That oh, it's been so long, like 12 years. It's been so long that I'd actually forgotten you know, cause, and like you said, we shot these things out of order. So it was like, when did this come in? Cause you know, I was looking through the season one on IMDb and it was like, you know, there were a couple of episodes back to back where the same director was directing. And I was like, mm-hmm. no, no, that didn't happen because there was never the director in twice in a row, but it was like, oh yeah, right. We must've shot these out of order. Um, we did. Why? Yeah, why so, did we do that? This, uh, that'll be my endless question uh, yeah. to why we did that. I'm not sure what that what that reason was, but because um, it, it did make a, an extra challenge, I think, for all the actors to kind of figure out. I mean, we can figure it out, but it made it a, a little extra challenge. I felt that was a little hard at times. Yeah, I have a question yeah. for you. Did you know you, Rick, not you, Trick, because obviously Trick knew, I think Trick knew that you were my grandfather? At that point, uh, that's one of my my answers to an, er, a later okay. question. But okay, yes, okay. No, it was like that. I think that was one of the things that made me so happy. Like I was excited because it was like, "Who? What's going to happen? You know, what? What's? How did this look? How did this look? I can't remember." <laughs> um, and uh, and it was really, uh, I was really happy with how um, I appeared for my own, you know, actor watching it from the actor eye in the back of your head of how I kind of, how it seemed like there was a lot more that I knew that I wasn't telling you in that, in that first little scene, especially the scene in the ante room, the antechamber, that side room, Yes, yes. you know, where, where, where it's like, who are your parents and stuff like that. And it's like, "Mm -hmm, and I signed mm -hmm, the ledger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you signed the ledger. Uh, you know what? It, I remember filming that scene so vividly. I don't know why. There was something ceremonial about it for Bo, obviously, but more for Anna. There was something really... I love that scene. And what, like, I had sort of forgotten about it. And when I watched it, I was like, oh, yeah, that I remember the, like how the pen felt and how, what, how I signed Bo Dennis, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. I remember that so fondly. And I, I love the, the, the banter that we had at the bar when I first come around the bar and we had that little back and forth very quick. Yeah, and very it quick. was, it was, it was really good. Like it showed, it gave a little bit of friction and, um, it, we didn't ever get that again, that kind yeah. of, you know, there was sometimes when we kind of butted heads or you weren't doing something exactly how the light Faye wanted it to be done. But, but, but later it on never, it had history, right? Yeah, it had history and yeah. this one did it and this was new. It was just like, yeah, it was a real little, and I, I, I loved it. I loved watching that. It was like, oh, wow. I wish we'd had more of those like, I mean, you, you yeah. and Ksenia had a lot of that, like a lot of the mm-hmm. fast repartee, but we're, ours, totally. ours didn't lean, lend, lend itself that way um, in terms of, you know, cause it was like, so what's this? And I'd be like, well, let me tell you. Yeah. 
I and know. by the way, yeah. Um, okay, so let me let's move it to another question. We can go all over the place here too, Rick. We don't oh. have to stick. What some best memory? from the episode. I mean, we've kind of touched on it a little bit. I, I talked about the, you know, signing the ledger was one of my best memories for sure. I've, I have here top of my list meeting you at the doll. Um, and it was, that was a, such a special sequence for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, best memory. I, I, it was actually kind of funny when you and you and uh, Ksenia walk into the bar to talk, I'm going to, I'm going to use people's names, not character names. And, That's uh, fine. and, and uh, came up to Chris and you had to tell him something and then you pull him away because you just killed the headless guys. Because <laughs> we um, got a guy in the trunk. Dij- the Dijon, trunk the Dijons, the Dijon, just the Grey Poupon. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> Dijon, Dijon. No, he was Doolahan, Doolahan. Doolahan, you're, Doolahan. You're, you're thinking, I know what you're thinking of, but yeah, it, the, yeah. he was called the Doolahan. Yeah. George, George <laughs> so was his real characters. name. Yes. George was his real name. Yeah. Um, and you pull him away and I'm leaning on the bar like this. And I watch you guys walk off yes. and then look back. At, and I was like, oh, that's a nice beat, Rick. Good job. Yeah. Good way of looking a little yeah. bit cool. So that was, my, yeah, well, that was my best. But literally, I don't – like, I mean, I do remember doing that scene with you. And I, I don't remember – like, I don't have a real solid memory of, like, that little bantery bit. So when I saw it, it was like, mm. oh, nice. Um, I know. I do remember that antechamber room because I I want to say that that was actually at that bar in Hamilton. I'm wondering if it was. It wasn't. No, it that was, was actually, on set. So yes, we never use that room again. We we only yes, we do. It, we don't. Oh, no, not, you're not right. Not after like this third or fourth episode. There was. We well, they kind of rebuilt it, became, it. They made it something else. It became the yeah. place where you'd find the DOP. <laughs> like there was like, a set of doors, <laughs> and then there was David sitting back there under his blanket, like watching at his his little color screen rainbow. That's it. I know that's, I mean, that's, what's always so interesting. I think for, for, for fans to hear about filming too, is like, you know, this whole world is created, but the truth is like, you know, five feet away from you is a crew member. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right there. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like everyone's right or there. Mr. Fluffy. Someone's having Mr. a snack Fluffy, in the corner. Big. Yes. Yes. Yeah, David no. Green, our DP, he had a, 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 like a wall light and it was called, we called it Mr. Fluffy. That was his yeah. name. And um, yeah, Mr. Fluffy, he went through a lot, Mr. Fluffy, and he lit did. us beautifully. So I, I like Mr. Fluffy. He was our friend. I think he made our show look pretty damn kick-ass. So, yeah, totally. Um, and I mean, it, it was great for setups because they could just it, roll it to it's like camera, you know, to reverse on somebody else. Oh, yeah. They just rolled it to the other side of us and then put totally. the camera around the, the, you know, over your shoulder as opposed to mine. Because like when we were shooting in the, at, the, at the bar, you know, the, the whole back wall of the bar would get pulled away and then the camera would come in and it would be here and Dana would be right there. And then, you know, um, oh, I can't remember his name. The focus puller, uh, Je- not Jeff. Jason. Je- Jason um, would be right over this shoulder of me and like yeah. you're right yeah. there and the lens yeah. is here. You know, it's like. I know. It's a, it's a, it's a magical process to put a show together. Yeah, There's totally. so many pieces and people and, and, um, and it's a, yeah, it's a really cool to, to take this trip down memory lane on this show in particular. Um, I, one thing I was going to say about the episode too is, uh, I mean, our guest stars were always so amazing, you know, and in this episode, the, the actor who played Will and the actor who played Michael, yeah. what I loved about them was like, you know, here 
Michael, the Michael character is this sort of victim of the Fae world. Um, but so is Will. And they have this like, it's a Fae world, but it's a real human problem. You know, it's a human issue they have. He, he hasn't seen his father. He hasn't, you know, like it's, it's yeah, really, um, it was compelling. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Elias is excellent actor. He's an excellent he's, actor. Yes. He's a super nice guy. Um, he's a I super think, nice guy. I think yeah. my wife was on set cause she met him and then she ended up following him on Twitter and you know. They yes. Yeah. Back well, forth. he's a, he is a phenomenal actor and he has so much presence. He's just, as soon yeah. as he's just in the frame, you're like, Oh, he's got something to say. What is it? You know? Yeah. Um, no, I, was, and looking I, I, up. I yeah. was looking up, I was looking up uh, Richard McMillan actually. Cause it was like, I, I never had any scenes with him and, but I, right. but I knew of him um, as being kind of a powerhouse of Canadian theater and television and film, mm. um, which we had a lot of those guys, which was, we, had, we know, were so lucky really cool. to get everybody we got. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I was, I was always, I was always like super blown away when like, a big time theater actor came in and even Sean Cullen, you know, Sean Cullen came in a huge <laughs> comedian in the world yeah. and, and in Canada and specifically yeah. in Canada. And I, I shared comedy stages with him years ago and uh, like years and years ago. And, uh, and like to have them come in and, and like, you're like, Hey, and, and, and to actually get a chance to work with them. Cause like, I mean, I, I you know, I worked in theater Um but I didn't get to work a lot in theater because I found just throughout my entire career that theater was much more restrictive in casting than television and film was and uh, much more stereotypical um, archetypes, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, so I got an opportunity to work with these like really heavy hitters that were known in the industry. And it was just like, uh, so so awesome to get a chance so, to, to have, tell me about know, it <laughs> you know, i felt like that every time someone came onto our set i was just in awe of what they were doing honestly we were so lucky to get everyone we got on that show and yeah. i feel like everyone was excited about being on the show which was really nice totally did um, you know that richard uh, mcmillan actually he passed away in 2017 i did not know that yeah. i did not know that yeah. oh, I'm, I'm that that makes me sad I, he wisp. was, he was, I know he was amazing. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, no, we were, we were so lucky and they, they created such a good father son dynamic and it was mm. just, it, it had so much sadness to it. I don't know. There was just something, there was something interesting about it in terms of like, you know, the Fay world is, it's messy and there's huge consequences in it. A, a lot of them like huge consequences of like death and destruction. Sure. But also of just like emotion. Emotional, you know, human emotion, life yeah. stuff. Yeah, totally. There was, it was, there was a toll to being in that world or feeling like you're not part of it. Yeah. Um, what do you think was the most difficult or challenging part of filming the episode? I don't know. I, what do you think? I, I, I don't remember anything difficult about shooting that episode. Yeah. I had so much fun. I was so excited to be on a show with you and such lovely people and a lovely crew. Like mm -hmm. it was, you could, you literally could feel the magic. You could feel yeah. it. And it was like, I am part of something that is magical and important. And, and it, and it was honored. I was honored and I felt grateful and, and I felt grateful yeah. almost every day I was on set. 
Me too. Unless I'm freezing I, I feel cold like in a driving <laughs> And you're just like only like 1% less grateful at that point. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, there was a magic. You could feel the magic. And if at that point, because we were so new, it was almost like there's something special and important about this. We don't know what it is yet, yeah. but there is something special and important and we're going to figure out what that is. And it, yeah. it was really cool. I, f- I think for me, the most, if I was to think of the most difficult or challenging part, there was, uh, I know that um, this is always something fun for fans to hear the whole sequence of, I love when Kenzie and, and Bo, you know, they go to, to, to the doll and, Dyson pulls them aside. They're like, we got a, we got a body in the trunk of the car, <laughs> which I, I thought was a really like, we got a guy, we got, they're trying to explain it to Dyson, which I thought was hilarious because Dyson's just going, oh my God, look, these bozos have no idea of the consequences yeah. of this world. Anyway, we go to the trunk. Trunk is open. I love the shot out of the trunk where our hands look gigantic. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, I think that was really cool. But that whole sequence outside, like the trunk gets open, we're chatting at the trunk. I pull Dyson aside. I'm like, listen, you got to give me Lauren's number, which I love that. That's the first time you see Bo kind of saying like, I need Lauren's number. She's got to help me. That that human doctor, you know, and yeah. the rest is history, frankly, on that. But um, that whole sequence outside, we were shooting in Hamilton. It was like, you know, damp and cold. Yeah. And it started it had started raining. So th- there was crew holding things over our heads to try to keep us from being soaked. But the whole surrounding was all tin roof roofs. And so what happened was it created this oh, the loudest, sound, but, yeah. I, well, not when you're trying to film. And it was so loud that the whole, the whole sequence is 80 yard, which means we put our voice in yeah. after the fact and had to re-record every single line and breath and everything. Um, but while filming, what was challenging is that I'd be right in front of Chris talking and we couldn't even hear each other. That's how yeah. loud it was. And we just had to pretend like this is totally normal. And I just, I had forgotten that obviously until I watched that. So that was a, a little bit of a challenge, I guess. Um, the other challenge for me was like George, the stunt guy who was the headless man. He mm-hmm. had a head in real life, obviously. Um who was a phenomenal stuntman. I mean, his the, the sword stuff was just next level. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. an incredible, incredible stuntman. So, and I was newer to doing all this stuff. So I rehearsed in the, where the whole storage unit sequences, there was an area in the back and George and I were rehearsing forever. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was actually really proud of the fights I did in that episode because it, they were very new to me and they're, they're quick, but um, I had rehearsed so much and prepared so much. Um, Something else I, I just think that's interesting for fans to hear is that uh, all the stuff outside of the hotel room where Bo is like, you know, putting on the maid outfit and she's walking into the hotel room and then Kenzie like sees the head and she's coming in. Those were totally two different days. So the the hotel room itself was in the studio yeah. and the outside of that hotel room was a hotel. So that we shot those on two completely different days, which... I just think it's cool for for fans to hear little tiny things like that. But I will tell you the the most challenging thing for me watching this episode. And I have to tell you, this was kind of um, therapeutic for me to watch this episode because this was so early on in the show. Uh, you know, I'd gotten this lead role of a show. Yeah. Um, I was so full of anxiety and... Um, nerves. So when I think back to that time, I just kind of shudder, to be honest. I just go, oh, okay. Yeah. Thanks. I'm glad. I'm glad you like this season. Um, Because I'm so serious in it. I'm so earnest. I mean, the earnestness in Bo and in Anna, frankly, at that time is just 
so when I look back on it, there was a part of me, Rick, that would think, oh, I was just, I was so bad then. Oh God, I'm just shuddering at the memory of that. I'm so, I'm so bad. I'm so bad. But I have to tell you in watching it, um, in watching it, there was a part of me that thought, okay, Bo is this fish out of water. She's this fish out of water. She just, she's going into this world. She doesn't know. But in watching it, I like to think that what I actually did worked so beautifully because it made everybody else a fish out of water because it was me coming into this world with the earnestness. It made people react to me a certain way because of that straightforwardness that I had and on the noseness that I had. Um, And I just like to think that it kind of made everyone else quake a little bit. And so now when I look back on that time, I'm, I, instead of thinking the writers were in the room going, oh my God, what are we going to do with this? This isn't working. I like to actually think that they were going, why is this working so well? It just yeah. is. It's working well. And I think it did. I really do. And so I, I'm, it was a little therapeutic moment for me remembering that time. No, absolutely. I mean, I think, I think that's, that's kind of a, a nod to casting as well, right? Like, I mean, totally. Uh, you, you, you come from a, a small town in the East, in the East where like, if there's a place for earnest, that's where it's coming from, <laughs> you know? hundred percent. And, and yes. so, you know, that's you bringing yourself. And, and I mean, the great thing about this show too, is that you can be the fish out of water. Like you can just, you can just be in the moments that are coming at you because you don't have to come in with a world of experience or knowledge of the Fey world. You don't know about it and you're like, and you don't really like it and that's okay. You know, like, I mean, so that, yeah, I, I think like, I think, I don't know. I don't want to get too metaphysical or anything, but like, everything that you'd done up to that point in your life, like everything, I don't mean acting. I mean, everything brought yeah. you to, to Bo. And totally. And yeah. You were and able I mean, to be if I knew, yes. And if I knew nothing else and, and I was, you know, the anxiety creeps in all that stuff. If I knew nothing else on that show at that time, the one thing I did know was Bo through yeah. and through and through I knew Bo and I felt like everyone knew their own character like that. Of course, there's discovery and of course, there's a curve and an arc to each character. But I certainly, I mean, I watch everybody. I watch Chris. I watch you. I watch Zoe, Ksenia. Everyone had a different level of experience or, and experiences in their life that brought, like you just said, to, the, to that yeah. whole world. So looking back on it, I, I, I'm not going to shudder at the memory anymore because I actually think that it worked really well. And I know that I'm not the only one responsible for that. There's lots of people responsible for that, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was therapeutic for me, Rick. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds at Mint Mobile. We like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Totally. What I want to say? Something in my head, but it went away. Um, well, what do you think worked in this episode and what didn't work? I mean, that's we've kind of touched on a few of those things, but there's always things that... Um, you know, <laughs> you know, could be improved I, I thought, upon. I thought, well, I, I thought it, it worked quite well. I thought it was, uh, it was really good. That, oh, right. That I just remembered. So you asked me earlier, uh, you know, what did Rick know as opposed to what Trick knew? Yeah. And like, I do remember going to the writers at some point and going, wait a minute, what's, what it, like, what is the deeper, deeper, deeper layers of this? And at that point, they could tell me about, I think they could tell me about being the blood. Well, yes, yeah, so no, they could tell me about being the blood king. And so that, that kind of history of it, I, I don't know if they really want it. Uh, I don't remember if they, I can't remember because we shot them out of order. I can't remember when I started to pester them about what, what, right. what was the real backstory. It's like, no, no, come on, come on, come on. Cause I'm going to make something up. So if you, and, and, and quite frankly, I mean, you know, acting classes, blah, blah, blah. Everyone says this, even for auditions. It's like, you know, you don't know. You'll get an audition, you'll get the sides, you don't get the whole script, or you don't have time to read the whole script. So you you make choices based on some sort of backstory that you make up that is kind of based off of yourself or your own yeah. experiences. And so you inform your choices with that backstory of those choices you've made. And the audience can't read exactly what you're thinking, but they know you're thinking. And so then yes. they can just kind of say, okay, well, um, there's something there. I'll, I'll just wait until they tell me, which is kind mm -hmm. of basically what happens with that, with that episode as well. Cause it's like, I, I, I can't remember exactly when I, like I said, pestered them for more backstory, specific backstory. Um, but I had made up my own. And I had I made up some sort of relationship to you and I that I was important to you, but I didn't have it. I don't, I don't know. I can't remember exactly when it was confirmed that I was your grandfather. I probably yeah, I made the I mean, assumption of father at first because I couldn't imagine myself yeah. being grandfather, but it's like, here I am. <laughs> right. I know. I'm like, wait a minute. Well, Inga Kajanal played my mother. So, I mean, this is a world in, in which anything goes, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, what um, did work? Oh, what did work though? In terms yeah. of like technical stuff, I love the, the gas, like the fire, the fire that comes out of him when he does it. I mm -hmm. thought they did a very good job with that. Cause like when we, that first season, I'll bring it up again. We've talked about this at, the, at Comic Cons and stuff. The Syracon. That sword that Would you put you? your, the Syracon was that thing that was a glove and you put the glove on and extend it out. Totally. And I remember, I remember you putting it on and the special effects guy coming up and explaining to us, it's like, it'll come, you know, it'll, it'll, <laughs> come, know, like, we like, it'll, be, it'll be like this yeah. and it'll come out. And so we're like, we're both watching the end of your hand as you put it on your hand and then we both go. And it, and it, it grew at a different pace than our view, but yeah, like, right. you know, it was just like, Ooh. And, and I, I remember them saying, it's like, we're going to lay back on the special effects, like the actual, you know, special effects yeah, kind CG, of techniques, CGI uh, yeah, stuff. Totally. 
Um, yep. But I thought the the flame it was all CGI. It had to be. I mean, it would have we would have burned down the studio. But uh, right. it, it was great. Like I thought that was really good. I loved his reaction yeah. to the to the to the fire extinguisher as well. It's like you yeah. mean, this guy didn't know about a fire oh. extinguisher. That's awesome. <laughs> He kind he of really had an earnestness too about him, right? About his, so about good. his own. Yeah. No, he was, okay. he was incredible. Um, let me see. I've got a couple of things here about what I thought worked and what didn't. I thought, um, oh, <laughs> I, oh, I thought what worked really well, like the, when Bo goes to Lauren to ask for help. I mean, that mm, scene was scene. so it was a really good scene. And Zoe was so particularly good in it because she has, I love when Bo says at the end, like, uh, she's like, you know, join the light. And she's like, eh. Bo says something like, um, if they, they play by my I rules. Yeah, by, yeah. They don't, yeah, exactly. And just the look on Lauren's face of like, <laughs> oh man, this girl has no freaking yeah. clue what she's wah, wah, getting wah. into. I <laughs> yeah. thought that worked so well. Um, I love, uh, I loved the kind of metaphor when Bo gets her neck cut and there she is like lying on the ground, her hand up, there's blood coming out and she's learning more about her mother at that point. I sort of liked, maybe I'm looking into it too much, but um, <laughs> I like the metaphor of like Bo bleeding, literally bleeding to get more information about something she so passionately wants to, to learn about and like yeah. desperate to know about. I thought that also worked eh? really well. Yeah, totally. Um, like the other thing that worked so well was, and, and I literally can't watch myself in love scenes with anyone at this point on the show, because now I know everyone so well that like the last scene with, with Dyson and Bo, when they're like making love and Bo is healing. Um, it's like, it's Chris. It's weird to me, but oh, anyway, yeah, but I, I'm, I'm like sitting there going, <laughs> besides, awkward. Yeah, I, I feel so awkward. awkward. I, this I'm is like, my granddaughter right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally sweating right now, yeah. Rick, thinking about it. But what I thought worked beautifully about it, it was kind of tender and you see the the healing happen. And yeah, that's what, that was cool. Uh, that's kind of newer for Bo too, right? It didn't have to be so like to heal. It was like, it could be softer. And even though it makes me kind of squirm as Anna, I think it worked beautifully. <laughs> and the one thing that I thought didn't work for me in that episode, because you can, I mean, I see it. Um, Getting used to doing fight scenes and talking at the same time, believe it or not, is a, is a skill it's to a try to do that yeah, because totally. your brain is going through physical stuff and then you're like, now I have lines. So I see myself a couple of times literally like hitting my mark to set up for the fight. <laughs> and it looks to me, I mean, I don't know if people, other people can see it on the rewatch now. If you go back and look again, you'll definitely, definitely see it. But um, I think that you can just see me setting up my... Uh, my next move, which was, kind of made was, me laugh. Was, was the line that you said as you throw George onto the George. bed in the yeah. hotel room, because Kenzie says a line and then yeah. you give a quip line kind of as you're throwing yeah. him onto the bed. Was, right. that an eight, was that ADR or was that you having oh, to do that, I, do that dance, dance, sing moment mm, at the same time? I do remember that. Kenzie and I had an awful lot to say between the time I stabbed George and throw him on the bed. Like we were like, blah, 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 trying to get these lines out. I do remember yeah. that struggle and that being a bit funny on set. But I don't remember exactly what it was. But yeah, I thought that that got a little smoother for me as the seasons went on. Because um, it worked. It was, it was a funny line yeah, too. It, it was. It was. I don't remember what it was, even though I just watched no. it. Um, but I don't remember. Uh, the last question I have for you, Rick, most important takeaway from this episode and why? 
Yeah, we from this episode. Yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. we have. I don't, I don't really know. I don't really have a, a, a takeaway. I mean, I just had such a good time and I enjoyed it so much. Yeah, me it too. Was, um, and I enjoyed rewatching it again. It was, it was, uh, it was nice. I, di- I didn't, uh, a takeaway. It's like, well, yeah. I, I, I mean, guess I think we talked about it. like a moral to the story. It's like, be honest with people. Yeah. Be honest be about honest how you feel about them. Cause you don't want to miss like, you know, in terms of will of the wisp and his son, Michael, you don't, you know, what 28 years, the guy never knew him. And then, mm. and then, you know, it's like, they finally get to meet up and it's like, why did you have to wait so long? I mean, let's put our, put your crap aside and just tell somebody you love them. I mean, what's the big yeah. deal? You know? Yeah. I guess that's the moral yeah. of the and, story. Kind of yeah. Thing, but- and also it really set up like just the depths of, of danger and um, of the Fey world that we were stepping yeah. into um, just as a story, you know, it really set that up. I think really well. Yeah. No, um, and, it, and it mirrors, it mirrors and kind of explains to the audience of why you're so desperate to find out who your parents really were. And it's, yeah. it, it sets the tone of, of what that means in the Fey world to the human world and crossing over. Cause you had, you'd basically been delivered to the human world and like, don't, you know, she doesn't know, don't tell her. It's like, don't, don't tell her you're, don't tell you you're adopted. But then, you know, you're 25 years old and you find a file that says you're adopted and you're like, what the hell? I thought you were my parents. So now, you know, what genetic things are wrong with me or are exceptional with me, you know? Yeah. So, and you don't know. Totally. Haven't been told. So, I don't know. There's parallels, parallels to real world and then parallels to the, to the story that is to unfold five seasons later. And I mean, look (laughs) at us, 12, 12 years later, we're talking about something that some, some very brilliant writers sat around a writer's room and created and with all of this kind of forethought that, you know, that we're now discussing. So kudos to them and kudos to you. And I thank you so much for being here to do this episode with me. We're going to do this again. Awesome. Um, I know the fans are going to love this. You have always been a fan favorite. And, uh, <laughs> and honestly, I'm, I'm very touched that you would do this with me. And I'm, I love that we're still, we are still like family. Totally. Me too. Totally. Very happy that we stayed in touch. I know. I know. Yeah. And then we get to see each other sometimes, which is really nice. Yeah. Yeah. When there isn't a yeah. deadly pandemic swirling around us, it's <laughs> what, nice. What pandemic? What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> Oh dear. Um, Well, thank you, Rick. And thank you everybody for joining us again today. We will see you on the next one. Bye. Bye. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our spotlight for today, where we are highlighting the lovely and talented Elias Tufexis, who was a guest star in uh, season one, episode two. Um, Elias, welcome. Thanks. Yeah, that was a while ago, huh? That was a while ago, like over 12 years ago. So yeah. I know it feels so, so weird have, too. <laughs> did I have a kid then? I think I don't, my wife was pregnant probably. I think she was pregnant. We yeah. 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 Crazy, yeah. Right? So you must have like a 12 year old now. I do. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. a 10 year old. And a 10 year old. Ah, <laughs> oh. well, it's, um, it's so good to see you and thank you so much for, agreeing to do this. Um, 
you know, I don't know if you are familiar with the Lost Lost Girl fandom, um, but they are very uh, dedicated, devoted to this show. And we wanted to talk to you today because you were uh, a bright spot, one of many bright spots, but a very strong bright spot in our first season. You guest starred in our second episode and played Michael Connell. Um, so I have a few questions for you that I'm sure the Lost yeah. Girl fandom would love to hear the answers to. Yeah, My first want. one is, can you share or recall your audition story for Lost Girl? Okay. So I didn't really audition for Michael Connell. This is an interesting thing that I'm not even 100% sure I should talk about, but it was 12 years ago, so it's okay. <laughs> I auditioned for Hale on that show, the part that KC got. Wow. And I had a callback with the director and Lisa, who I had the, the casting director, who I had just met and just moved to Toronto like a week before from Vancouver. And I was just really kind of starting to get like, guest starring roles and things like that. And the director did something, Eric, he did something that he sh- that no director should ever do. Not that he, there was any maliciousness behind it or anything, but I did the audition and went really well. I left, he left the room to go to the bathroom, but he wasn't really going to the bathroom. He took, he like took me aside and he said, if it's up to me, this part is yours for Hale, for, for mm-hmm. a, a regular on the show, which is the worst thing you can do to an actor because it's really not up to him. It's up to 50 other people. Right. Right. Plus I don't even know if Casey had auditioned yet. So he could have come in and then Eric could have been like, no, 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 forget that. <laughs> Casey's the guy. But for three weeks, four weeks, I was like, I'm going to be on the sh- on the regular on this new show. And I was, Every, like, by the third week, I was calling my agent going, nothing? Nothing? Did we hear nothing? And we heard nothing for four or five weeks. And then the cast came out. And I'm like, oh, I guess I didn't get it, which you know very well. Every actor goes through that all oh, the time, which is, which is fine. Um, so I was, I was upset only because I had my hopes raised so much. Because... But again, like just for those who don't know about it, but how the process works, it's like just because he really liked me didn't mean anything. It meant I'm in the mix, but like Casey probably came in after me and then was like, well, well, this guy's much better for the role than, than Elias was. Um, so that's probably what ended up happening, which is fine. But then they just, I think they just straight offered me Michael Collins in the episode two. I think it was 12 years right. ago. I may have auditioned for it, but I don't remember auditioning for it. I think it was just like, we love you. You didn't get the part that you wanted, but here's like a big guest star on the first, uh, on the first or second episode. Right. Well, that's, um, that is a slightly painful story to hear. I know we're used to it. That's actually true. And that's something that people don't really know, uh, is that you, you know, obviously you made an impact in the room, obviously, you were considered for, for that part. Um, and that happens all the time where you've got great yeah. actors that are up for something that could, could mean a bigger role and a longer time to be working on something. And then you don't get it and you end up guest starring. I think that's probably true for many guest stars on the show. Yeah. You they know? came really close to a bigger, bigger thing. Yeah, and exactly. Also, I remember watching it afterwards and going, oh yeah, like I would have cast KC too over 
right. over me. It's just he fit better than I would have fit. And that's a big thing that you have to accept as an actor. It's, it's less about your talent and about how you fit in the in the role. And he was yes. a much better fit. Yeah. It is about that fit. And also just there's so many people making a decision. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that's um, for sure. But somehow we all ended up in the roles that we ended up in. And I have to tell you, episode two was one of the earlier ones that we shot. Um, we obviously, we shot out of order in season one. Um, so <sighs> I don't remember for me if it was the second episode we filmed or the third or something like that. But it, I, I yeah. do remember it being very early on in our shooting schedule. And I just remember, you know, you, uh, you, you have such a strong presence on screen. And I remember performing with you because I just remember this feeling in the room that felt so strong to me and real and grounded. And also you brought so much gravitas to it and, and to that storyline <laughs> with your father. You, 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 you made an impact, I think, in the episode in a really big way. And I, I really do hope you know that because we were so lucky to have you. Oh, it's nice of you to, that's nice of you to say thanks. I, I always, for me, the, um, the reward of this business is when actors that I work with want to work with me again. Like that's right. really the, the reward I look for. It's like, oh yeah, he's, he's great. Let's, let's try to find like that kind of thing. Or we had a great time. It was a really good actor's kind of feel on the set, which is what I try to do. Um, cause that's what I like the most about it. I think, mm -hmm. um, you know, because the hours are, as you, I'm sure know, like the hours are crazy and the uh, memorization is crazy. But when you're, when you're there with good actors working with you, like I like to call myself an actor's actor, and I can always find actors, actors, like actors who love acting. You can always tell that, and I think that one of the reasons that we worked well together is because you're like that, and um, you find a you find the fun or the the pleasure of acting is in those moments where you're where you're really doing what acting is really all about. It doesn't necessarily mean sobbing or crying or screaming. It's just like, we're working. The scene is working. That's so yeah. much fun to me. That's what I really, really like as an actor when that happens. And it doesn't happen that often. No, I'm the type it doesn't. Of actor that goes from show to show, to show, to show, to show. Like um, my resume is massive because I just die on a show and then do another show and then die on that show. And then do <laughs> um, so, it's actually pretty rare that you go, that was fun. That was, they let us have good, you know, have, have, have a good acting scene, which is, especially in sci-fi and stuff and fantasies, sometimes very difficult to find. It is, but it, it was very memorable for me as well. Um, do you have any memories from actually filming the episode or any like behind the scenes stories or anything that you can remember. I know it was a long time ago, but was there anything yeah, that stood really out remember that you can share? That much. I remember really liking working with you. Was Zoe on the show at, in the, by that point? She was. was and I believe, yeah, I believe she was in that episode. Yeah. I've always had a big crush on Zoe Palmer. So it was like nice to, because uh, <laughs> I'd worked with her before. I've told her this already. It's fine. Uh, um, I'd worked with Who her before. Who doesn't have a crush like, on Zoe Palmer, right, frankly? Right, okay. so it's not special. <laughs> I'm not special in that way. Um, so I was very happy to work with, yeah, I remember now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I just worked with her on a, on a, like a search and rescue show or something. Oh, God. cool. Yeah. Um, so I remember, I have like two specific memories. I remember the motel and the mm -hmm. guy who played my dad. I don't remember his name. Mm -hmm. 
And I remember he was really good. And I remember locking you into like a, um, a crate or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like some sort and of storage the, unit. Yeah. Like a storage unit. And what I remember was getting in a bit of a back and forth with the director because, or the writer, because I was calling you by your character's name in the scene on the, as written. And I remember going, how would he know her name? He has no idea who Bo is. Like, he has no idea what this character is. I'm like, oh, we really want you to say her name. It's like, but like, there's no way. <laughs> I remember having this back and forth. That's really what I remember about it, that back and forth particularly. Uh, and then eventually they're like, yeah, you're right. You wouldn't know his name. You wouldn't know her name. So uh, <laughs> I ended up just not saying it. Like I said, like you or something like that. Right. That's a good point. I mean, that's that's where actors have to come in and sort of take care of their own character, right? Like that's where you kind of go, wait, this doesn't... And sometimes they'll argue with you and you kind of lose the argument and you go, okay, sure, fine. that happens often. Um, and maybe they that's have a bigger thing. Like vision I said, of it. I think, I think the best way to describe what I was trying to describe earlier is the collaboration of it. And when you get good actors and good directors and people who let you... Uh, let you all work together uh, and come up with other ideas. That's my favorite thing about the business is when everybody's collaborating. Um, and uh, yeah, I remember that moment of collaboration, particularly for some reason. I just remember that's what I remember. I remember that set. I remember talking to you about, I think probably about Los Angeles. I think we were talking about Los Angeles. Yeah. yeah. Now we, now I remember we where we here. were standing actually. Yeah. I do. Too. In I'm, that, in that, because they it was like a warehouse, and they built this yeah. like little pretend storage facility in there. Yep, that's what I remember. I remember that exact thing. I remember talking to you about eventually going to LA, and we both did eventually. And we both did. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Um, one final question I have for you: Have sure. you ever had any Lost Girl fan encounters over the years? Only have you ever felt the force. At Comic-Cons, occasionally. Oh. Like 90% of like, I'll do a Comic-Con and 90% of it is either like a video game or an animated series that I've done. And a lot of it is uh, The Expanse and Star Trek. But every now and again, and I still have printed out Michael uh, Collins' pictures that I don't really like. I've stopped because they've it's been so long. I've stopped putting them like in the forefront, but they're like next to me. And every now and again, I'll get somebody like, oh, I'm a big Lost Girl fan. I'm like, oh, cool. I got those right here. I'm ready for you. <laughs> so, yeah, I still get I still get those every now and again. I don't I don't think people would recognize me in the street. I mean, I, I know these fans are, are vehement fans, but uh, I haven't been recognized on the street or at least nobody's approached me about Lost Girl particularly yet. I am. Um... I get recognized a lot on the street as Mary Louise Parker. So, <laughs> so <laughs> that's kind of what happens to me here. People go, Oh my God, you're on that show. And I'll say, you're so good I'm not Mary Louise Parker. Really and they'll, Oh, okay. Um, which is quite <laughs> funny to me, but um, Elias, it's great to talk to you. It's great to see you. I really appreciate you doing this. I know Lost Girl fans are going to love hearing from such a special guest star in our first season. And um, I wish you all the best and hopefully we will run into each other. Uh, or get together yeah, come soon. Come with, uh, how old are your kids? They're six and nine. Right. You can come with yeah. Karen when she comes, we'll go to the museum or something. That would be awesome. Let's Elias see. and I well, have a mutual friend. We'll yeah. yeah, that sounds perfect. Um, <laughs> thank you so much. Okay.
Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Lost Girl Rewatch podcast, which is produced by Anna Silk, Rachel Scarston, and Seth Cooperman, with theme music by our very own Blood King, Rick Howland. Please rate, review, and share the Lost Girl Rewatch podcast. This enables us to grow and to continue bringing you exciting new content every week. If you don't already, follow us on Instagram and on our YouTube channel at Lost Girl Rewatch. You can also subscribe to Patreon for exclusive bonus episodes made just for you and get early access to all of our episodes. There once was a man who was king. The history and the culture he did bring. He spent nights at the bar. Tending Faye from near and far. With nothing but music to sing. We did it! That kind of worked. I know the feeling now so hold my hand where high for all to see that you let me ride along with you if you're looking for plump lips that last you need to know about juvederm lip fillers with Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.